Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Yay! How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm excited for this episode. Me too. So, Morgan is appropriately dressed. She is wearing a skeleton onesie, because this week... I'm covering all things tomb raiding, grave robbing, and body snatching. Ooh, spooky! (laughs) So, I first have to give a little uh, shout out to my sister for requesting this topic. Thank you, Jackie. The first Um, topic request that we ever got submitted. Yeah. So, I will eventually tell you why she requested this topic when we get to it um (laughs) (laughs) but first I wanted to share a few of my sources because they gave me a ton of really great information um I went to ancienthistoryencyclopedia.com I listened to an episode of the archive Atlanta podcast I listened to Sawbones podcast. I love that podcast. Yeah, it's a really good one. I hadn't listened to it in a while, but... Yeah, I always forget about it, and then I go back to it. I'm like, why don't I listen to this all the time? Yeah, I was scrolling through, and I was like, oh my god, these are these are really good topics. I need to listen to them all now. Um, <laughs> and they're funny, which helps, even though they're like about pretty dark stuff, usually. Yeah. Um, so I also listened to... A podcast that I had never heard of before. It's called Working Over Time. Um, that one was actually really cool. This woman talks about all the different ways people worked throughout history. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to two different episodes of Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Also a favorite? Yes, it's a good one. And I listened, I started listening to the weirdest thing I learned this week podcast. I listened to a few episodes there. Not really going to cite much from them, but I did listen to it and I thought it was good. And it's a really short one. Everybody should check it out. Um, I got some information from thehauntedwalk.com. And I think they also have a podcast called The Haunted Talk. I haven't listened to it yet, though. I listened to an episode of Generation Y podcast. I watched a documentary on Netflix about Egypt. (laughs) And, of course, Wikipedia pages on literally absolutely every single thing. But (laughs) (laughs) let's um, jump right into it. So to start off, I will define grave robbing slash tomb raiding. It is the act of uncovering a grave, tomb, or crypt to steal commodities, usually to take artifacts or personal property and sell for profit. And then oh, we should also mention that because I did, I think we mentioned it last episode, but because I headed last episode, Maddie is heading this episode. So, oh, yeah, I won't be as chatty. <laughs> this is a me episode. Feel free to ask me any questions because there's so much more information than I could include in one podcast because. Cool. People be taking bodies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So my next little definition before we get into it is called is body snatching, which is the secret removal of a corpse from its. Oh my god, bur- burial, burial, <laughs> burial. 
body snatching is the secret removal of a corpse from its grave site. This was very common. (laughs) Body snatching was super common in the late 18th century and early 19th century. And then eventually there's laws that change things. But we're going to jump way, way back in time. And we're going to talk about tomb raiding first. So tomb raiding was recognized as a problem as early as... (laughs) 3,150 BC. Jesus. Yeah. So, praise Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, (laughs) really, like, over 5,000 years ago. Absolutely crazy. So, basically, ancient Egyptians were also raiding ancient Egyptians' tombs. And sometimes it was even their own ancestors' tombs. Like, in later... Egyptian times, like closer to present time, just because they started struggling monetarily and there was a whole lot of other reasons. But there were tons of measures that were taken to prevent these tomb readings, including curses, their religious beliefs in the afterlife, booby traps, false chambers, guards, so many things. But Unfortunately, the same people who were hired to build these tombs could easily go back and then rob them, or you could easily pay them to go back and rob these tombs, since they already know where all the best treasure is, and they know the layout. Yeah, so they know where everything is, so, like, obviously, they're gonna go back and take things. (laughs) (laughs) That was, like, quite rude. If you're really struggling, and then you're like, okay, but, like, I know where this beautiful gold statue is. I'm going to go steal it, and then I can feed my family for a while. You might do. I have a question. Yes. It might be early for a question. Go for it, though. Was this, like, a black market situation? Or did people, like, fully know that these things were being taken from tombs? Oh, it's illegal. I'll get right into it. Well, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, you're not sure question. Question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they had the right idea when they built these tombs, but there were still enough people that felt that the reward outweighed the risk, even though <laughs> they, the risk was they could get caught. And... I'll explain what happens if they get caught in a second. But they could also get cursed, haunted, or even physically harmed. So (laughs) if you're not worried about the cursed and haunted thing and you're like, eh, I could lose a finger and I probably won't get that bad of a punishment, then tomb reading is for you. Not right now because that's really bad. But like ancient Egyptian tomb reading, go for it if you were there, I guess. not much. you're a time traveler. Send it. I mean, yeah, go for it. Um, so, oh, also really quickly, I would like to say um, that you should definitely go check out the Working Overtime podcast episode titled Stealing History. That's the one I listen to. Uh, they mm-hmm. really thoroughly cover um, the current situation over in Egypt with people raiding these tombs that are trying to be preserved and accurately excavated so 
they just they talk about how there's actually people that are currently live streaming themselves on Facebook Live, robbing these tombs and offering oh up these. God. Yeah, so they're offering up these artifacts on on like Instagram. They also are selling body parts on Instagram, which is just not great. I hate people. Yeah, not our listeners. I don't hate our listeners, but I hate they everybody else. But <laughs> yeah, it's gross. It's so wild. These people will take pictures of. A, like still half buried mummy and be like hey who wants it and then they'll go through the process of digging it out because why would you put the effort in and you have a whole live audience but that shows such a little respect for human life yeah especially like really you're gonna just sell a mummy and like I'll talk more about selling mummies in a little bit but it's just don't was a human like it's I don't care how old they are. That's weird. You don't have their Zero consent. Respect for human life. Consent is hot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really interesting and I wanted to cover more of it, but I knew I was just gonna end up on like a whole rant about it. So I just wanted to put that in there really quickly. I'm already fired up and we just started. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Back to ancient Egypt, though. Morgan, do you know uh-huh. why King Tut's tomb is so famous? I don't. Okay. So I always knew it. I thought he was like this crazy good king or something. Apparently, it's really just the most famous because it's one of the most intact tombs that they've ever discovered. Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah. I did not know that. So there's a few reasons why. This could be, um, he was only king for a short period of time because he did die pretty young. Wasn't so, he super young when he became yeah, king too? Yeah, he became king really young, I think. I don't know a ton about his, like, ruling because that was another <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> I was trying not to fall down. Yeah, I had a phase in, like, seventh grade where I was really into ancient Egypt. <laughs> Uh, I like still just really want to go, but I'm also obviously can't because COVID. But and I'm and not Egypt rich. is like in the recent years has been super dangerous. So yeah, that's why <laughs> wait on that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's they talk about it. That's also one of the reasons why there's like a spike in illegal like tomb raiding and artifact selling right now is mm-hmm. because of all of that. A lot of resources were taken away from protecting this stuff and moved elsewhere but (laughs) moving on so (laughs) why king tut's tomb is like the mostly intact is because probably because he died so young so he hadn't acquired this like mass amount of riches that these other kings and queens had but also his tomb was accidentally covered up during the construction of a different king's tomb so like oh sorry nobody can even just like even try to come visit you tut um yes that's a little bit of a fun fact in there for you so egypt was essentially a cashless society way back in the day so they couldn't just rob these tombs and sell it back to, like, Mm -hmm. another king or queen or, like, sell it to somebody for money, they had to trade it with somebody. When they traded it with somebody, it was usually a criminal or a super corrupt official. Or... Mm, Corrupt official. 
Oh yeah, we love those. Um, Sounds familiar. And they would trade that for like goods. Like obviously, you couldn't just show up with a little gold statue and be like, "Yo, can I get some rice for this?" Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times they would process it by melting it down so it couldn't be recognized as like these specific statues and like obviously things that were taken out of tombs but like gotcha that answers my question (laughs) yeah so they did burn them down and then like sell it or like trade it for other goods and stuff so there was a few different punishments for those who were caught robbing or raiding different tombs these were documented in the Mayer Papyrus, which was written around 11,000 BCE. It documents these extremely frequent ratings at the time, and as well as the different punishments. So the most common punishments were being flogged or beaten on the soles of the feet with a rod. Oh. Doesn't sound fun, but, like, no. I understand why people were okay with it, like... I'm just going to get my hits, my feet hit a little bit. <laughs> the bottom of your feet? I mean, they didn't have, like, crazy comfy shoes, so they were probably really calloused anyways. That's true, but still. <laughs> <laughs> still not ideal. But, like, if you're going to be able to feed your family for a little while, then it might be worth it. Um, yeah, and true. more extreme cases a criminal could have their hands and or noses amputated (laughs) the the nose thing yeah (laughs) I didn't fully understand that (laughs) no sniffing out treasure anymore I know I was like so they just look like Voldemort running around or something? Oh, I can picture. <laughs> just trying to picture a more tan Voldemort. Um, <laughs> but there was also the death sentence. So when it came to the death sentence, obviously they're not just injected like you currently are. And there were no electric chairs. It wasn't a guillotine. You could be sentenced to death by impalement or fire. Mm. And neither of those sound ideal to me. Really not yeah, good. No thanks. So, Morgan. <laughs> yes. Did you know that Europeans used to eat mummies? Jeez. What the <laughs> heck? Ugh. So that's nasty. This is what my sister requested. <laughs> so clearly I did not know that was a thing <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> So I didn't know this was a thing until I looked into it and actually Googled just did people eat mummies because my mm-hmm. sister asked him to know more about it. So thanks, here Jackie. We go. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Fun fact, the word mummy comes from the word mummia, which is, I think, a Persian word that refers to black pisafault, which is kind of like a natural asphalt type of sus- substance. Hmm. But I guess it was used for medicinal purposes way back in the day. Um, and then at some point, Europeans started using this mummia as a sort of cure-all medicine. But <laughs> there was a misinterpretation during medieval times. 
in like translation, like actual translations and everything. <laughs> and Europeans thought that Mumia was referring to the entire mummy when, when it was in fact talking about the substance that was used as like a wax to wrap the mummies up in the mummification process. So because of this, people started to purchase a whole mummy to eat. So they would grind them up and either eat them or use them as like a topical ointment. Just rub and mumming all over yourself. Yeah, and like not to yuck someone else's yum, but yuck. But yuck. <laughs> Disgusting. And, I mean, just wait. There's more. Oh, so they would use, there's always more. <laughs> oh, always. There's always more, especially when it comes to white people. And I am white, so what the yeah, heck, I mean, guys? We need okay. to do better. <laughs> Freaking Europeans. <laughs> so they would use specific parts to cure ailments. So if you had a headache, you would grind up some skull and use that. You know, you get the point. Most people stopped using it in the 18th century, but you could buy it in medical catalogs up until 1924. That's not surprising. <laughs> and I wrote, which is way too recent, but okay, white people, go off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's less than 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Let it sink in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> There's people that are alive that were alive then. Um <laughs> Not great. So one more little use of this mummia. So artists had used mummia mixed with chemicals to create a paint shade called mummy brown. Um, I guess this was like a pretty translucent color. So it was used like over paintings to paint different like windows or shadows in paintings. But mummy brown with actual mummy in it was still easily purchased until the 1930s. It's a little right on the nose, calling yeah. it mummy brown. I was like, you really, like, really? You couldn't have picked a different thing to call it? I, just awful. No, they and, didn't try to hide it at all, apparently. No. And so eventually people got common sense and stopped using mummies as medicine because they were humans <laughs> yeah and also because they started to run out of mummies <laughs> i'm just like just the blatant disrespect for human life is just like wild to me yeah and i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because i literally just don't even know what to do with this information <laughs> Uh, respect your fellow humans, even if they're dead people. Even if they've been dead for 5,000 years, literally leave them alone. Still human. Seriously. Ugh. All right. Well, we're leaving Egypt now. So sorry. We're going to head over to the U.S. and the U.K. In the late 18th century and early 19th centuries, grave robbing or body snatching became so prevalent that the guys from the Stuff You Should Know podcast, coined it the golden age of grave robbing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so let's just jump right into body snatching. 
During the latter half of the 1700s, fresh bodies were in high demand because medical schools started to actually open and begin practicing anatomy or dissection, they called it at the time. Because up until then, there was virtually no anatomy courses for doctors and surgeons. And they also had really not a ton of knowledge on human anatomy. That's terrifying. Seeing, like, thinking about all the stuff we don't know now, but then thinking about what they didn't know then, it's like, oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, it's wild. And I'm going to do a history of, like, public health slash, like, pharmacy. And at some point, because that's something I really am interested in, but let me just say that... (laughs) I would not have wanted to have been born, like, 100 years ago or even, like, 50 yeah, years ago. Yeah, just go listen to Jawbones. You'll find, all, find out all about it. Yeah. So, around this time, a whole bunch of medical schools and hospitals decided that we might need to cut open some bodies to see how things work. Understandable, I get it. So... At this time, one of the only legal ways to get a corpse was from criminals that were sentenced to death and then dissection. Mm. This was, like, an actual sentence. And that's, like, not super chill because now you donate your body to science and it's a lot more respectable. But back then it was like, mm, who are we going to get? Criminals. Cool. But this didn't produce... It seemed to be the theme back then. Anytime they needed anything. Maybe we'll have an episode about the criminal justice system at some point, but I might get fired up. (laughs) It might be like 12 years long. It's fine. (laughs) Might be uh, 12 parts. (laughs) Basically. Just a whole season. So this did not produce enough bodies for the amount of medical students they had each term, especially because they'd have to be fresh bodies because you can't. They didn't have involved, like, yeah, they didn't have <laughs> refrigeration or, like, embalming or these other things. So, students were actually kind of expected to bring their own cadaver to these labs, oh, which... <laughs> BYOB. Yeah, bring your own body. Bring your own body. <laughs> So there's our episode title. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So they really weren't interested in bringing their own bodies. So they thought, hmm, where can we get bodies? Who can we get to get bodies for us? Oh, let me guess. Criminals can get bodies for you. So they began outsourcing this task and they would pay criminals for their bodies or not for their bodies, for bodies that they would dig up. And eventually these criminals would be known as resurrectionists or resurrection men. So what's really funny is at this time, body snatching was a misdemeanor, but grave robbing was a felony that was punishable by death. But just taking the body completely naked and leaving all of the possessions in the grave is okay. 
I guess I didn't realize that people were buried with possessions. <laughs> I mean, like... That might be a stupid thing to say, but, like, I, I don't know. I guess I never so, thought about that. <laughs> even just, like, even just, like, jewelry or, like, the clothing that's on them, those are considered possessions. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And so, obviously, like, some people are buried with very expensive possessions and other things, but... Basically, what the law was saying was you can't take somebody's possessions, but because you can't own a body other than enslaved people because they did have that back then. Um, but you couldn't, like, own your own body and, like, you couldn't own a dead body technically. So you weren't really stealing anything. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. So that's what they did. <laughs> they used wooden shovels so because wooden shovels made less noise than the metal shovels and they would do this at night obviously because that's when all creepy things go down Mm -hmm. they would crack the coffin open they would dig just where the head should be in the plot they would crack the coffin open i'm like motioning how it's done i don't know why nobody can see (laughs) um i can picture it so they crack the coffin open at where the head is, tie a rope around the corpse's like underarms, <laughs> kind of just pull it out of the hole. Well, that's one way to do it. Take off any clothing and items, put them back in the grave, and then cover the grave back up to look like it had just been. So, yeah. This didn't really go over really well with most people, especially those who had loved ones recently pass because they were going for the most recent bodies, obviously. Mm-hmm. So resurrectionists would try to stick to snatching people who were indigent, so they were poor or homeless, had no families or friends, lived in an institution, or they were institutionalized, um, or, you know... They were a minority, but they also just really weren't that picky. So these body snatchings became so frequent in some cities that families would take protecting the love their loved ones' graves into their own hands. And here's a few fun ways that they did this. So there was something called a mort safe, which was essentially just a big iron bar structure that was buried into the ground over the grave that just made it like really difficult and annoying so nobody would go bother those graves just because it was a pain in the butt mm-hmm. and they really like I've seen pictures of them and we'll have to post one on the in- on our Instagram post but they mm-hmm. just look like they're meant to keep vampires in the ground <laughs> well maybe they were dual purpose that's what I like to think it's more fun that way mm-hmm. um, yeah so there were mort houses, which is really similar to a mausoleum, but it was built to hold dead bodies for about three weeks, which is when they were deemed unusable for medical students. Um, I did not realize that was such a quick turnaround time, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, especially, like, it really depended on, like, the state and part of the country you were in, because obviously in the South, things will 
decompose a little bit faster. But if you're in the like winter months up north, then, right? Yeah, I forgot that this is pre-refrigeration. Yeah, so they really it was really bad. But um, many of these mort houses were also protected by armed family members, which actually ended up causing a lot of graveyard shootouts. <laughs> Shit duels. <laughs> yeah, so they would be between families protecting their loved ones and these grave robbers, but also between different families protecting their graves because they would think that the other family is a grave robber. That's simultaneously, like, so dumb, but also kind of badass. <laughs> yeah. Another one, would they would stagger different sticks in the dirt that would just make it really hard and annoying and take a very long time to dig up these coffins. So... Obviously, you want to be doing this quickly, so just annoying. There was a mort stone, which was just a huge rock placed on the grave, which... That'll do just... it. Nope, because they would dig under it at, like, an oh. angle. Well, <laughs> <laughs> never mind then. Um, and now there's two more, my favorite two set gun or grave gun which was essentially a gun that was set up on a tripod that when a trip wire was tripped around the grave this gun would just shoot randomly oh. <laughs> like just shoot musket ball like oh things just God. like out into like anybody who was in the area was gonna get hit with a Don't mind the guy just cleaning off the gravestones and putting flowers out. Well, yeah. Can you imagine you're, like, trying to go visit your, like, family member and you trip on this wire and then you die? So there was also a few instances where they would put these guns in the coffins. Oh, I like that idea. Essentially, <laughs> you could, like, open it up and then there's a... <laughs> I forget which podcast said it, but one of them was like, oh, you'd open it up and then there'd be a corpse holding a shotgun and shoot you in the face. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But not great. And then this just extremely excessive one is a grave torpedo. Oh, jeez. This was basically just a landmine that was placed on the grave. (laughs) Once again, that poor maintenance guy (laughs) yeah and just like also if you're putting a landmine on top of your loved one's grave their grave's gonna be absolutely gone Mm -hmm. yeah you not only destroy the person trying to steal their body but you destroy their body too so (laughs) the point is moot so stupid because there were so many cadavers that were illegally dissected by students in hospital because dissecting at the time was still like technically illegal i guess like it's really just a kind of blurred middle ground where nobody really knows what to do with it they would end up burying and like disposing of the bones after the fact in like a basement or outside and these bones eventually get found in the future (laughs) yep so i have a few instances of this During a 1989 renovation of the Medical College of Georgia, 10,000 bones were found in the basement. Holy shit. They, oh, I have a quick little story about the man who did this. They had been buried by the man who was snatching them. Um, He was purchased 
by the Medical College of Georgia. He was an enslaved man. They taught him to read, which was illegal at the time. But they did this so that he could keep up with recent obituaries in the newspapers. And then he would go and dig up these corpses. And apparently he was really, really good at his job because he would memorize the floral arrangements that were on the graves and put them back exactly like he found it. Well, that's nice at least. (laughs) You know, he was stealing their bodies. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I guess, like, if you're... uh, Yeah. Still sad, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, In 2006, in England, 500 bodies were found in 226 graves outside of a hospital. I forget which one. And some of these... Skeletons were still strung together, like the skeletons that you see in classrooms, like with the wires. Oh my god. Yeah, like, if, really? That's disgusting. That was a human once. I know! I have a fun fact. Most of these articulated skeletons that you see, like the ones that are in classrooms, are actually made... The ones that are in the U.S. are actually made of bones that were stolen from India. Because oh, no. here in America, we even outsource our body snatching. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's um, current day. But another fun little finding dead bodies <laughs> in bad places story There were 15 dead bodies found in a house on Craven Street. And this happened to be the same house that Ben Franklin rented for 10 years. Oh no, Benny. Yeah. This was okay, though, because they found out that he wasn't a serial killer. But of course, like, when people dug it up, they're like, holy crap, Ben Franklin was a serial killer. (laughs) That would be the biggest plot twist in American history yeah. Oh my god. So another quick little fun fact. There is this one guy, I think, yeah, it was in the UK. He sold 12 corpses over one night and made 144 pounds, which is today, I think, around $10,000 mm-hmm. in one night. Um, there were some of these resurrection men that could literally quit their full-time jobs and become full-time grave robbers. Right. So that's fun. Um, eventually there were laws that were put into place that allowed and encouraged people to donate their bodies to medical schools and other organizations, but at one point there was a warm body of a teen brought to a hospital to be sold as a cadaver, and that's when they kind of, like, realized that some of these resurrectionists were killing people to sell them to hospitals and medical schools. Yikes. Which will bring me to the story of William Burke and William Hare. I don't know the story. I'm excited. So there's a few infamous body snatchers throughout history and even present day today, which is oh, icky. It. No. But... <laughs> I was hoping we could keep this in the past. Yeah. These two, there's a really wild duo of Burke and Hare that I just mentioned. They terrorized the city of Edinburgh, Scotland, for 
over a 10-month period in 1823. So this isn't the um, present-day case. It's a further back one, but this is like one of the tips of the iceberg of ending resurrectionists and put it trying to put an end to body snatchers. I'm sure. So they started out as your average body snatchers until one of the tenants in Hare's boarding house had passed away, but he still owed Hare past rent. So to make up for his losses, Burke suggests, hey, we should sell this body to Dr. Robert Knox. They bring this body to him. He goes, great, amazing. You should bring me more bodies. So they were like, okay, cool. We'll wait for more people to die because people die, I guess, frequently in this boarding house. <laughs> oh, I mean, at that point, people were dying all, all the time. I mean, people yeah. still die all the time, but think of all the disease and nasty sanitation that was happening back then. Oh, yeah. So gross. So they tried waiting for more people to die. So they could sell these corpses to Dr. Knox that he could dissect them in his lectures. But then Burke, being the genius that he is, came up with the brilliant idea and said, why don't we just kill people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easier, might be a little bit quicker. So that they were active. They ended up killing a total of 16 people to sell, which is really not nice. Just don't do that. Don't kill people. That's so many. I know. It's like the ultimate slumlord. Yeah. Like, seriously? So then, at one point, they both ended up girl getting girlfriends. Really not sure how, and I'm really not sure why anyone would want to date them, but they did. Oh. And then, these girlfriends ended up joining in on their killing plot. Would oh, you and Nancy. Tyler like to come on a double date killing with me and Jacob? <laughs> No, I I think we're I think we're busy that day. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Weird. All right. <laughs> well, eventually these couples got really suspicious of the other couples. So, they decided to go their separate ways and obviously eventually got caught because not that smart. So, I think Burke was caught and Hare kind of just like stepped back from the scene and kind of just stopped. So, Burke was hanged, and his body was donated to the University of Edinburgh. 20,000 people showed up to his hanging. and shit. Yeah, and 40,000 came up to see his dissection. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, Hare ended up getting a job working at a lime quarry, but then his coworkers discovered who he was. And they decided, we're going to shove him into this lime quarry. And they did. All right. He didn't die. He just went blind. There's a few, like, gross ones. So, Morgan, do you know who Ed Gein is? Yes. (laughs) I do know who Ed Gein is. Nipple belt. Yes. So, Ed Gein is... The man that got me into true crime. Honestly, I think me too. I'm not sure if that was like the exact moment, but I feel like that's the first serial killer that I actually like read deeply into. Yeah, this was like the first serial killer that I was like, this is wild. He did what? (laughs) Oh my God, he is fucked up. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to use that word. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Podcast. Sorry, I think most of the listeners are adults, so it's okay. Um, That's true. <laughs> we have no youths listening to us. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Edward Gein. He had a really, really rough life. His mom was absolutely whack. She mm-hmm. was crazy. Augusta Gein should not have been a mother. But that's all and she her name was Augusta, so... <laughs> yeah, she was rude. So first, the dad, I forget his name. Not great. Not important. He, not important either, though. He was an extreme alcoholic, and he was very abusive. The mother, on the other hand, was absurdly religious to the point where she thought everybody was, like, dirty. Everybody's trash. Um, yes. She's basically considered all people filth and that any woman that was on a date was dirty, bad, a whore, you know, the huge. So she made her two sons, Henry and Edward, vow to stay virgins forever. Nice. Super. That's adorable. Yeah. Really like not healthy things to do to your children. I don't know. Let them have a life. She didn't let them get jobs. They weren't really allowed to leave. They basically just stayed with them. And so eventually things got rocky. His father passed away. And then I think a few years later, his brother passes away. May or may not have been at the hands of Ed. We don't know the true story. I think he did it. I think he beat his brother to death and then threw him in a fire. But yikes! There's different, like, conflicting stories about that one. But that's my opinion. I think about a year later, his mom passed away. Which, like with most other serial killers or like, crazy criminals, is usually a breaking point because mm-hmm. a lot of them have major mommy issues. Mm-hmm. So, he does not do well after she passes away, and he also technically can't be considered a serial killer because he only killed, like, two or three people, and only, like, two of them are confirmed, I think. His main thing was body snatching. So, how he gets caught is a woman goes missing from her the convenience store she owns, and... They find blood, like, all over the place. What happened was, Ed came in, bought some antifreeze, went over, picked up a gun off the shelf, pulled, (gasps) like, a shotgun shell or something out of his pocket, loaded the gun, and shot the woman. Wait, were they selling the gun at the convenience store? I don't know. It was some type of store. A hardware store. Sorry. Okay. Either way, it's so weird. It was the 50s. Nobody knows what was happening then. Yeah, yeah. Um, planted it there too, so. Yeah, so this is in 57. So he ends up killing her, and then there's this whole mad, like, where is she? They end up going down to Ed Gein's house, and they find poor Bernice Warden, the girl who, or the woman who owned and worked at the hardware store. They found her decapitated and mm-hmm. dressed out like a deer in his shed. Poor baby. Yeah, so that was disgusting, and I'm pretty positive that one of the people who found him found her was his son, her son. Oh my god. 
Yeah, so not great. And so that's Bernice Warden and the other woman that he is, who he, I think, killed. Her name was Mary Hogan. So here are some of the super great things that they found in his house. Because one of the... This is the list I've seen before. Yeah, so let me just preface this with it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Ed Gein is disgusting and he was way too obsessed with his mother. He essentially tried to make a woman suit and wear it so he could be his mother. He confessed of body snatching nine bodies and one of them was his mother. Police only checked in on two of these graves and then were like, yeah, we believe you for the other ones. I'm like, no, you should dig up every grave there because it's probably more than that, but whatever. So, these are some of the things that they found. Whole bones, obviously. A wastebasket made of human skin. Human skin covering several chair seats. Skulls on his bedposts. Female skulls, some with the top sewn off. Bowls made from human skulls. Uh. Yeah. A vest or corset made from a female torso. Leggings made from human skin. Masks made from skin of female heads. Mary Hogan's face made into a mask in a paper bag. Her skull in a box. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Her heart in a plastic bag. Nine vulva. (laughs) A belt made from human nipples. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A lampshade made from the skin of a human face. And some fingernails. So, there's rumors that he's Hannibal, but it's also, I don't think he was. They said that he wasn't. But at age 77, July 26, 1984, he died of respiratory and heart failure and also lung cancer. Good. I hope he's rotting in hell. Yeah, so he's, like, really awful. Um, And, like... He was uh, he was what there was a few different movies and books based off of, including Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So not a he's great a mindhunter. If you've watched that, I don't know. Yeah, he's not great, but had to include it. So yikes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rough one, as we both know, as we both know about that one pretty Yeah, so also, extensively. if you are a fan of Ghost Adventures and Zach Bagans, like we are, yes, we you are. might know that he has a cauldron that is supposedly from Ed Gein's house. Yes, in his museum. Yes, yeah, so they aren't, there's no like 100% positive, like it's... Like, families that said it is belong to him, but it's also not, like, 
scientific. Like, there's no, like, 100%. It's just word of mouth. Wasn't it, like, people were passing it from house to house because nobody wanted it? Yeah. Because <laughs> they kept getting, like, weird vibes from it. Yeah, so there was a point where after he got arrested, his all of his belongings and everything in the house were supposed to get auctioned off. And mm-hmm. I think it was three days before the house mysteriously burnt down slash the town people set it on fire. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, so... The pot survived, apparently, and his car was also auctioned off, and somebody ended up buying it and just bringing it around with them to their carnival show and charging 25 cents per person to look in it. I hate that. Yeah, eventually that ended, and I forget where it ended up now, but somebody has it now. So, this one's a bit more recent. Super not great. (laughs) In 2011, Anatoly Moskvin in Russia was was not born. He was arrested for grave desecrations. I think it was... He was suspected of approximately 150 graves being desecrated. Um, and just, like, also other, like, weird things. He, they did find 26 bodies in his house. Oh, my God. He mummified these 26 girls between ages of 3 and 25. And... Mm. No. Yeah, he mummified them himself. Then he would dress them up. Yeah, and then he posed them around his house, which is just absolutely disgusting. And his parents... Oh, no. Oh, his parents, like, lived in the same, like, apartment building with him. And they saw these mummies, but they thought they were just large dolls. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, not great. Um, Can you hear Rosie purring? No, but that's so cute. Rosie, this isn't a good thing to purr about, though. Um, so, he was essentially found unfit to stand trial because it was found that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. In 2019, another psych eval found out Found that it was too early to release him still. He just wasn't better. Oh, he wrote regularly for Necrologies, a weekly newspaper that publishes obituaries and stories about cemeteries and famous dead people. And that was a direct quote from Wikipedia. So, yeah, not great. Didn't love that one. I'm going to end it. I've never heard that story. That is crazy. Yeah, so... If you want to know, like, more details about it, there's a wine and crime episode on it. And I think it, I'm, it's probably a grave robbing episode or something like that. I didn't, I listened to it a very long time ago, so I completely forgot about that until I found his page and remembered hearing about it from them. It's really gross. He's disturbed, a disturbed man. So I want to end this on a little bit of a funnier note. There's two more stories 
one of them is a little bit more recent. So animal rights activists stole a woman's body and held it for ransom so that the family would stop breeding guinea pigs that were used for research. What? <laughs> yeah. That is not a good reason to steal a body. Not that there's ever a good reason to steal a body. Yeah, so, like, just don't, like, maybe, like, I don't know, make some posters or something. Don't steal somebody's body because you're, like, that's just weird. So, (laughs) this family said, okay, we'll stop breeding these guinea pigs for, like, uh, research, whatever. We'll stop it. And then they didn't return the body. Holy shit. Yeah. That makes it so much worse. Yeah. And so then I guess when they were confronted, they were like, oh, yeah, she's in a moor. So that's a weird one that's slightly funny but really messed up. Um, and then this one's my favorite is Charlie Chaplin. I guess his body was stolen and the robbers called his wife. They wanted $400,000 for his body. And she, her response was, Charlie would have thought this rather ridiculous. Good answer, lady. Yeah, so I thought that was really cute. Oh, another fun fact that I forgot to mention is sometimes they would sell these bodies to a a school and then go into that school at night, steal the body, and then sell it to another school. So, like, double body snatching? Yeah, so essentially they would just keep re-stealing these bodies and, like, keep selling them. (laughs) If they could, because, I mean, if you know it's there, you might as well. But, yeah, so that's my last fun fact. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I feel like I learned so much today. Yay! I'm so glad. I feel like there's so much more that, like, I wanted to include, but obviously I didn't want this to be 12 years long. Because, because we can't seem to get an episode, except for our first one, under an hour. So yeah, no, we no. apologize, but it's just the way it is. We started this podcast and we're like, our episodes will be 45 minutes. That's a great time. Yeah, we were like 30 to 45. Clearly that hasn't happened. <laughs> no, we're sorry, but we hope that you like the long ones and that you're getting a good amount of information. But and we've made it all the way to five episodes, so... Yeah, so if you're still listening, thanks. Thanks for being a pal. Rate and subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts so people can find us. Yes, please. Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com, and you can also DM us on any of our other social media, too. We'll answer, I promise. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And subscribe so you know when we have new episodes out. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Duh. Duh. Bye. Bye.